It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Dr. Veronica Anderson is an MD, and for her that means many dimensions. She's a surgeon, a mother, a black belt, and a two-time marathon runner, here to talk to you about your health, your happiness, and your world. It's Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. So maybe it's that black belt that keeps me from getting involved with certain types. Uh, yeah, if you can fight me, maybe you can subdue me. Welcome to Wellness for the Real World. This is Dr. Veronica, and we're going to talk tonight about bad boy lust addiction. There just seems to be some women that can't stay away from men that are bad for them. And they always talk about how bad these men are and how bad they're treated and blah, 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 blah. And I say, well, you pick them. You're in a society where you have the right to pick People and you have the right to say no. So if you stay in a relationship where somebody's treating you bad, especially these independent women these days where you don't have to do it, what is your problem? Now, let me just tell you when I really started thinking about this. A couple weeks back, we did a show on sex addiction or just promiscuous. So we had Winston Bennett on, who's a former NBA player, former assistant coach to the Boston Celtics, who has a sex addiction. And yes, I agree as a healthcare professional that the man has a sex addiction. I mean, he just met all the qualifications, just completely reckless, didn't think about anything crazy about it. Okay. That's not what really intrigued me about it. I mean, sex addiction is there. But what I really got upset about was listening to how his wife was given sexually transmitted diseases by him on more than one occasion. And so, although I wanted to be mad at Winston Bennett, I was madder at Mrs. Bennett because I feel that women like this enable men like Winston Bennett to have bad behavior. And then it's they wanted to cloak it in religion and church and talk about, well, we don't believe in a divorce and that's why we stayed together. So you don't believe in divorce, but your husband was sleeping with hundreds of people and that was okay? Okay. We need another explanation for this, but Mrs. Bennett, and I'm using her as a metaphor, okay, so I'm not trying to, you know, people do things for reasons. I'm using her as a metaphor. Mrs. Bennett is an enabler. She's allowing this to happen. You might say I'm here blaming the victim. Well, guess what? Mrs. Bennett doesn't have to stay in that type of situation. She can walk away, and guess what? When people say, well, we don't believe in divorce. You can still stay married to somebody and remove yourself from the situation if you don't believe in divorce. So I just feel like there are women out there who just love bad, evil men, i.e. men on death row, men who beat them, men who give them sexually transmitted diseases. My cousin had on the Internet today a woman who had her face sliced and diced by some man. You're on your first date. You don't get sliced and diced. You just don't get first sliced and diced on the first date. It comes later on, but why can't some people walk away? Okay. Now, before I say hello to Russell, I just want to tell you about our next week's show because I like, I get to the end and I get excited so I forget. Next week, we're going to talk about money, 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 money. We're going to talk about relationships and money. And I also, after talk, doing the parental alienation show, believe that prenuptial agreements should be mandatory for everybody. We talk about sex more than we talk about money. But when it comes down to it at the end of relationships, especially marriage, it is you're breaking apart a corporation and you have to figure out how to divide things. The number one cause of break of a relationships a lot of times are financial issues. And so prenups, I thought, are they just for old wealthy men and young arm candy women? Well, no. I think everybody should discuss their finances all up front. So I'll have some really high-powered attorneys coming on, 
in addition to people who are financial advisors who can talk about this issue and not just how we script it so that we massacre the other person if we get divorced, but how we can use these agreements to actually enhance our relationships. So prenups, I think, should be mandatory for everybody. I don't think you should have to, you, okay, you can go and get your syphilis and your HIV test, but you really should be exchanging credit reports and financial information because Mrs. Bennett stayed in her relationship because guess what? The money's good and she can shop where she wants to. So getting sexually transmitted diseases ain't a big deal for some of us. Okay, so... We're going to go on. I'm looking forward to some of the guests, that, all the guests that we have on this show. Some have been with us before. I've been guests on some of these people's shows. So, Russell, hello. How are you today? Veronica, hello. You sound ready to slice and dice yourself tonight. I'm a little <laughs> scared here. <laughs> Take no prisoners. <laughs> well. Well, it's going to be an interesting show, I think. We always have an interesting show, but these are always we interesting do. because people like to make excuses as to why they allow themselves to be victims. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the kind of person. I'm a tough love. I, I don't, I don't take any excuses. But I'm just curious as to why people allow this to happen and how you get out of it. Um, and there, there's, I remember once being in a restaurant where a woman was saying, "I always attract the bad men." Well. Hmm, I never attract the bad men. I've not had these experiences. How come some people that's all their experiences that they have? So let me just Russ, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce our first show guest. Um okay. you do it. This gentleman is a fellow blog talk radio host. Mode one. Mode one. Alan Roger Curry. Uh, has a great show on Blog Talk Radio. He's a relationship coach, and he has a raw, fun relationship show. I was on his show the week before last, his season opener, and we were talking about why people should have sex on the first date. I, I say people should have sex on their first date. That's a whole other show maybe we could have on Wellness for the Real World. But Roger Allen Curry, Mode One, as he's known, is a columnist for the L.A. Examiner and Black People Meet. He's been a, he's appeared on Oprah and The Tonight Show. is featured in Essence and Black Enterprise. He's just all over the place. He's also an author. Mode one: Let the women know what you really you're really thinking. Let the women know what you're really thinking. So I'm going to welcome Roger Allen Roger Curry. Am I getting it back? Is it Allen Roger Curry or Roger Allen Curry? Mode one: I know. Okay. <laughs> welcome to Wellness for the Real World. Glad you're with us. Thank you, thank you, Dr. Veronica, and it's a, it's a pleasure to be a guest on your show because you were a very dynamic and articulate guest on my show a couple of weeks back, and uh, everybody really enjoyed you. Well, thank you for being on. So now, you've been doing this LA Examiner stuff, talking about relationships, you're on Black People Meet, and one of my issues about this, I said, look, I think black women a lot of times and, uh, I mean, the audience has listened to them a lot of them say, no, this is not just a black problem. I know it's not just a black problem, but sometimes I feel like it's almost in the black gene for us to be addicted to some of these really bad men and make excuses for them and everything. So I want to know, you're a guy out there, been around the block just a few times, as I learned on your show, and been in the Clovers <laughs> and all those other places, okay? <laughs> I mean, what, and if you want to know what I'm talking about with the Krogers, you guys are going to have to go to the archives and listen to the show about sex on a first date, okay? Um, what do you think is going on here? Give us your, your five on women who like these bad boys. Well, I'll say this. In my opinion, is there's two general types of guys. There's some guys who care what other people think. And more specifically, they care about women's perceptions of their behavior. They care about preventing women from criticizing them, from saying bad things about them to their girlfriends. And So there's a lot of men out here, they, they want to always maintain a, a positive reputation among women they want to avoid confrontation. They want to avoid drama. They want to avoid criticisms. And those are the men that we tend to generally label as nice guys. 
Uh, the nice is kind of a very sometimes vague and highly subjective term. But I would say, generally speaking, the guy I just described tends to fall into the nice guy category. Then you have guys on the flip side who just don't give a damn what other people think, male or female. And particularly as it relates to females, they're not willing to change anything about their behavior. They're not willing to modify any aspect of their behavior. They're not willing to suppress any perceived undesirable aspect of the behavior for the sole and specific purpose of pleasing women, impressing women, or accommodating women. These are guys who they act the way they want to act. They do what they do. They say what they say, and they don't give a damn who doesn't like it. And those are the guys that tend to generally be labeled or perceived as bad boys. The thing with women, based on my conversations and interactions with a lot of women, is that a lot of women like guys that, to one degree or another, that they kind of perceive as a challenge, an egotistical challenge. And the the problem with the nice guys is that on a, on a subconscious level, what a nice guy basically says to a woman is, I need your attention. I need your companionship. I need it so bad that I'm willing to make modifications to my behavior and I'm willing to suppress any aspect of my behavior that you dislike just so I can share your company and get attention from you. And now some women, they might be cool with that. But there's a good number of women who say, ah, that's boring. I know I can manipulate you now. I know all i got to do is call you an asshole and you're going to change your behavior just to please me. That's boring. Then you had that other guy again, that bad boy type. He runs into a woman that might say, ah, Leon, you use too much profanity. He's like, so? You talk about sex too quickly and too frequently, so? You got too many women calling you, so? What that says to a woman's subconscious mind is, I'm already content with where I am. I'm content with the amount of sexual companionship I have and can get. I'm happy with the amount of attention I can get. I don't really need your attention and companionship. I may want it, but I don't need it. And that lights a fire in a lot of women. They that, they look at that as a challenge, and they say, ooh, I want to be the woman who gets to, who kind of reigns this guy in, who kind of will be the first woman to get him to possibly modify his behavior to please me. Once he gets some of this stuff, surely he's <laughs> going he's gonna to change. And my, he's going to stop using profanity and stop watching ESPN and doing all the other things he does that frustrate me. Because once he gets some of this good platinum stuff, shoot, he ain't going to know what to do. And that's how women fool themselves. Because he gets some of that stuff and he still ain't changing. Then they, well, I give him some more, I know. And then once I put my lips on him, you know what? Oh, shoot, he going to go crazy. No, nah, he don't go crazy. Matter of fact, he stops calling you or is slow to return your calls. You're like, ain't that a bitch? He got some of this good stuff and he still didn't make any changes to please me or accommodate me? That asshole, that jerk, all men are jerks. And that's how the cycle begins. Okay, now let me ask a question. Are there, okay, do these men change? And are there women who these men will change for? Or figure, you know, I really do need to clean up my act? Uh, well, there's, there's always going to be one. <laughs> for, for most men, most even the, the baddest of the bad boys, there's always possibly going to be that one woman if not, we'll get them to change, and definitely at least for a few weeks or a few months. Um, but that's only going to be because they have her on a pedestal, which is what most nice guys do, for better or for worse, all the time. They put women on pedestals. But once a bad boy, say he does meet that one woman who he might be motivated to change, once she shows any sign that she's just like the rest of the women, oh, no, he's, he's, he's going to revert back because he's going to be like, you, you ain't no different. You know, I thought you was a little bit different, but you're not. And But the reality is what woman is. Most women, you know, um, have some 
degree of flaws or weaknesses or shortcomings. So there's no perfect human being, well, male or female, walking this earth. So, yeah, it, it, you know, it's not going to last if uh, – now, sometimes it does last if a, if a if a bad boy meets a woman that's, uh, if nothing else, just incredibly loyal. Because men have a thing about loyalty. If a woman is just extremely loyal, that, that kind of weakens a lot of even bad boy types. Um, the loyal but, yeah, most, most of the guys, they're not going to change shit? Loyal despite what? they're being treated like shit? That's what they want? Wait, say that again? I said loyal despite they're being treated like shit. Is that the, what these guys want? They can walk over them and no matter what, these women are going to be puppy dogs? That's what these men are looking for? I don't think, truthfully, I'm going to go as far as that. I don't think most bad boys are looking for women that they can, quote-unquote, treat like shit. I think a lot of women put it on the table that they can be treated like shit. It's like, that's like their selling point, like, wow, if it, will you like me if I allow you to treat me like shit? There's men who are like that. I know men who would do that with women. That would basically act like a woman's puppy dog and basically come at them like, hey, I'll allow you to treat me like I'm a chump if you just give me constant attention. But uh, I've had women, quite frankly, do that with me. I've had some women that will become total masochists and they'll essentially say to me, in one way or another, Alan, I'm giving you the green light to treat me like shit. And um, So you're a bad boy. <laughs> well, you know, this woman asked me that on my show. I had this guess. You're a bad boy. Don't try to act like you're not. <laughs> well, 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 this is what I told this woman on my show. I said, in some respects, yes, in other respects. I said, now, if you're talking about a bad boy in the sense of, you know, I've always had a tendency to want to rob somebody, steal a car, or, you know, engage in criminal-type activities, skip school, that type of that type of bad boy. Now, I'll more so say no. But where I would definitely say yes is that my own brother teased me. He said, Alan, you, you like to meet women who present themselves as very innocent and wholesome and sweet and you want to bring out that inner freak side, and you make it your mission to bring out the inner freak. And yes, that's what my devil horns do come out. Because um, I, I don't buy into that any woman is a quote unquote proverbial good girl. I think there's a lot of women who know how to present themselves to the public and to the world as good girl. But all women got a kinky inner freak side, all of them. Okay, so now tell me, in your opinion, what truly is a quote-unquote good girl? Well, what most men tend to think of good girls is either a woman who has the discipline to wait until marriage to have sex or at minimum will only have sex with someone who she's in a very long-term committed relationship. Basically, a woman who who never indulges in what's known as casual sex. That's what a lot of guys will typically say, oh, she's a good girl. Meaning, yeah, you got to invest a lot of time with her to get the pussy. <laughs> you cannot say that word on my show. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was, <laughs> I thought it was like my show. <laughs> <laughs> you get the sexual companionship. You are on my territory now, so you have to say mating. <laughs> mating, okay, mating. <laughs> uh, so, so, mood one, I want you to hang on because I want to bring some other people in the conversation. And we'll be right back. Back to wellness for the real world. Well, I'll do that. Uh, her name is Miss J. West. She has written a book. She's written a couple books, actually, but uh, germane to us tonight, she's written a book called Be That Bitch, Being in Total Control of Herself. I'm going to stop saying bad words on myself. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just said bitch. He said shit. Um, She is calling us from Florida, and her website is MissJWest.com, M-S-J-A-W-J-A-Y-W-E-S-T.com. Miss J, welcome to Wellness for the Real World. How are you tonight? Hi. 
Hi, Russell. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on. Hi, Dr. Veronica. Hi, Alan. Hi, Ms. How Jay. Doing? How are you? Happy you're I'm on. Well. Now, you talk about that you had a problem in your life, or maybe you didn't think it was a problem, but you had this desire for the bad boy. Tell us about that. Was it always from the beginning? Were you this good little girl that just it was irresistible to see these men who were just edgy and mean and or whatever else you call them, abusive, disrespectful, whatever other words you want to use for these guys? What was what's your story? Right, absolutely. I dated the the bad guy. I I, I gravitated to him. I enjoyed his interaction. I needed validation from the bad guy. But let me just say this first, Dr. Veronica. Nobody wants somebody that nobody wants, okay? You always want to feel like you're the guy who's in demand, the most popular guy. And like like, uh, Alan touched on, um, the proverbial good girl, there's really no such thing as a proverbial good girl, but we always want to present that image, you understand? So we're living, in essence, vicariously through this guy. This guy oftentimes is selfish. He lives for the moment. He's irresponsible. He's carefree. He's unfocused, he's egotistical, he's narcissistic. Um, but we are able to live through him with all these bad attributes and still maintain our good girl image. So I was able to still maintain uh, being a professional woman, a good girl image. I was able to um, walk with pride. I was able to um, just present an image that was positive on, on the outside to the people that knew me, my friends and my family. But at the same time, I was with this bad guy. He was a challenge. I, I agree with Alan wholeheartedly with that. He was challenging for me because... I felt like the nursing side of me felt like eventually I can change this guy. I can make a difference in his life, and he can't always want to be this bad guy. Not not on a daily basis anyway. Just some of the time, but not all of the time. So now, it's a classic case of opposite attract. Okay, so let me ask, did you have role models for this in your life? Were there women in your life that were with these type of guys that showed you your mom or or something like that, your aunt, cousin, something, that were into these bad boys and always trying to change them? Where do you think that came from? No, actually, I didn't have that in, in with my mom and my aunt. Um, the first guy that I fell in love with in high school, he was the most popular guy. He was the um, high school athlete. He was always the focal point when we went to high school events. And I was like, man, and all the girls were around him, and I was like, man, I really want to get to know this guy. And, and I, I, I did everything I could do to get his attention. And, and he was the one I fell in love with. And after that, I, I subsequently would always want that guy who was always a popular guy, the guy who, when he walked in the room, everybody knew he was there. He's loud. He's boisterous. And that's the guy I want to be with because I can't, I can't display that. I can't do that. But I can live through him, and he can do that for me. So... You want to you did you feel like this guy, the the first boyfriend, these other guys, were validating you in some way? Absolutely, absolutely. There uh, not realizing it, there were many insecurities that I had and I sought him to, to, to validate me, to make me feel important, to make me feel special. Um, I believe there's a little girl in all of us, especially as women, that want to be protected, we want to feel special, we want to feel safe with the man that we're with. Women don't like weak men. We want somebody who's going to, I mean, at the end of the day, if we're out and, and something breaks out, we want to know that this guy's going to go the extra mile to keep us safe at all costs. And if a guy, still, if he's weak, we don't feel secure with him. We don't feel safe with him. We're not comfortable with him. We feel like we would have to defend ourselves. And I, I, didn't, I don't want to do that. I need my man to protect me. I need him to be there for me. I need him to provide for me. I need him to make me feel comfortable. So um, here's the thing. <laughs> I've never been a lover of the bad boy, um, and I've never been one of those women who went towards the really popular guy. In fact, sometimes I actually went the opposite way of the really popular guy because it just kind of turned me off. I was just like, mm-hmm. they're just like everybody else. What's, the, what's such a big deal about them? But maybe that's because I felt really good about myself, and I wanted to be the right. center of attention rather than him. So I don't know what it is. But let me just now. That, that's, that's- that's what I was about to say, Dr. Veronica, absolutely. As I've matured, as, if I, as I've grown and realized who I am as a woman, my purpose and my place and my position, I, I place more value on me. So at this point in my life, I'm not about the bad guy. Not the bad guy who's stuck in the bad guy mode. I'm, in, I'm into the guys who can flip it. You know, you be a bad guy when I need you to be a bad guy, but outwardly and into the world and to my family and my friends, you're the good guy who's holding his own, who's responsible, and who's focused in, in, in his life. So maturity definitely plays a, plays a role. It's interesting. Um, I, my fiancé now is just a really, really, really nice, good-hearted guy, give away the last piece of candy and his last bit of money type guy. 
um, to the point where I'm like, I'm hearing your life to say no. Uh, but on the other side of that is a guy who has a third-degree black belt in Taekwondo who <laughs> beats people, who can really beat people up, okay? Exactly. And, and I'm thinking, exactly. well, maybe it's that I know that he has that edge in him so he can beat people 20 years younger than him to the point where he, he does, um you know, World Taekwondo Federation competitions. And, one, and a couple years ago, even though he's in his mid-40s, got named Athlete of the Year for New York, okay? So I'm mm-hmm. thinking, well, maybe it's that, although he's a really nice and respectful guy, exactly. I'm attracted to knowing that, you know what, he knows how to use that nunchuck. He knows how to kill somebody <laughs> with his bare hands. And so because of that, he doesn't have to show everybody that he's bad and treat everybody else with, like, doo-doo. So I'm exactly. thinking, well, maybe I was, and, and my, my, my former husband was a, a outside linebacker and played football. <laughs> so you, you, you're not attracted saying, to the somewhat that you said, Dr. Veronica, that you're not attracted to the bad guy. I beg to differ. You still are seeking out the guy. You still gravitate to the guy who's going to protect you, who makes you feel safe. But but they don't, but they're not treating me like doo doo. You see what I'm saying? They're not like Mrs. Well, that's the who the guy is bringing sexually transmitted diseases home for her. And I'm never that's saying I'm going to try to tame. Somebody or she accepts them the way they are. I know this is the way these people are. Okay. Exactly. But even in that relationship, those relationships, you still feel safe, and you still there's still an element of security in those relationships. Now it doesn't go to the far left where you're being, like you said, you're not being abused, you're not being given sexually transmitted diseases, you're not being, you know, any of that. But at the same time, you still, as a woman, need to feel safe. This is what I'm talking. I'm tapping into that that safety and that security part of of, of all women. That 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 that's something that we need. Yeah, and that's really funny for me because I got my own black belt. <laughs> I still want somebody that got oh, wow. a higher degree than well, me. Well, Dr. V, can I chime in? Oh, wow. Yeah, chime in. Well, see, one, one thing I'm, I'm somewhat disagreeing with you is that you tend to be synonymizing more or less how tough a guy is or his fighting skills with being a bad boy and to me, that has only a minor correlation. Like, I've met guys who could whoop a lot of ass that were still weak with women. And I've met guys that couldn't beat hardly anybody's butt that had women just very egotistically frustrated and would be labeled a bad boy. So, it's, to me, it's not all about can, you know, can he how tough or how muscular or can he whoop somebody's butt. Uh, I learned that, for example, in, when I was in London last fall, I had some guys that were seeking consultation for me, and these guys were big. I'm like 6'5", you know, all muscle. But they were telling me, they said, man, like one guy, he said, in the business room, he said, I'm a shark. I don't mince words. But he said, when I get around females, he said, well, I can't say that P word on your show again. But that's what he called himself. He said, I'm a P. And he said, I just do not have the balls to express my interests the way I want to express them. And see, a bad boy wouldn't have any problems doing that because a bad boy ain't scared of criticism. So anyway, I just wanted to point that out that, you know, a guy could be a seventh-degree black belt and still be a guy who's willing to change or modify his behavior to please women. Okay, Ms. J, what do you have to say about that? Well, absolutely. I understand what Alan is, is the, the statement he's trying to make. I'm not equating a bad guy with being somebody who can kick somebody's butt. I'm not saying that, but the belief that he can do it is comforting enough. You understand? Even if he's not able to physically go out and do it, I need to know and need to believe that he, he will. Even if he, verbally he can beat, it, beat, beat a dude down. You know what I mean? If he can't do it in the physical aspect of it, I need to still believe it. Perception is everything. Okay, so now are you in or have you come to a place where you're able to be in relationships where you're not being treated like a subhuman or whatever you were treated like before, where you're being treated with respect? And if that answer is yes, how did you heal? What did you do? Oh, absolutely, Dr. Veronica. At this point, I'm dating a wonderful man who validates me, who makes me feel special, who treats me uh, like a queen, the queen that I am. And that came through, as I touched on earlier, that came from maturity. 
realizing who I am, understanding my purpose, knowing my position, knowing and truly believing that I am special and want to be special to someone. Also, making the conscious decision to say no more verbal, no more verbal abuse, no more physical abuse, no more, no more controlling me and who I am and what I do. None of that, because I know who I am and becoming secure as a woman and knowing who I am. I, I decided to dismiss those kind of guys. And as far as the healing goes, it's a constant, it's a constant struggle. Every day I have to deal with, um, is this what I really want? Is this where I should be? And then the answer is a resounding yes. This is what I deserve. This is the man that I that I need to be with. This is the this is the way I should be treated, and this is how I should have been being treated all along. So any negativity inside of my life at this time is unacceptable. I will not tolerate a man saying something to me that he didn't, especially if you're saying that and claiming that you love me. It's unacceptable at this point because I'm secure in who I am. I know who I am, and I know what I have to offer. So absolutely, none of that negativity can be in in, in my place at this point. And so what was your let me call it come to Jesus moment? What exactly happened that made you say no more um no more of this mess? Okay. As a woman who is financially stable, mentally able, financially capable of taking care of herself, and I'm looking at this guy and I'm saying, I'm making more money than him, I'm more educated than him, I don't need him I mean, what would I be missing if he's not in my life? And there was absolutely nothing I could answer. There was nothing I could say. And at that point, I said, oh, my God, what am I doing? How can I continue to allow myself to be hurt in this way or to be treated this way, undeservingly so, but this guy's not bringing anything to the table? So I, I began to say, no, absolutely not. And, again, enhancing that security with who I am, increasing my self-esteem and getting focused on what I really needed and what I wanted, and I sought that out. I sought out that guy who would treat me good, who would be, I would be his focal point, He's already financially stable and mentally able. We're equally yoked, if you will. Got it. So I'm happy to hear that. Um, so I want you to hang on. And I want to bring in the conversation um, somebody who talks about this, has books about this, talks about, well, what women really want. And so, Russell, I'm going to bring in, go ahead, bring in our next guest. He's been a guest before with Fabulous, so let's talk some more about this. Our next guest um, is actually Sam Alabrando, a psychologist. Um, he is calling us from Pasadena. Sam, I don't think you have been with us before, but no. you're the author of a book called Follow the Yellow Brick Road, How to Change for the Better When Life Gives You Its Worst. Welcome to Wellness for the Real World, Sam Alabrando. It's uh, great to be here, and I can't wait to jump into this conversation. <laughs> It's been okay. so hard just to be sitting here. <laughs> well, here is your chance. I always like to have the professional on who has the schooling background to say, okay, here's what's happening, and let's get a little bit academic about this. And then here's how you get out of this. Because in the wellness for the real world, I want people to feel like they have some kind of answer, solution, or know at least where to go get help. So, so let me start me. with this, Dr. Veronica. I could tell you why you're not attracted to bad boys or why you don't attract them either. I think it goes both ways. We both are attracted to, but we also attract the same kind of uh, person. And the reason why is because you have a good, strong, positive lion. Uh, unlike the women who attract uh, bad boys who have a very weak or ne uh, a weak lion and, uh, and a very negative tin man. Okay, now, so that explain. probably doesn't make any sense at all, but I can tell you about it if you like. I'm waiting to hear. Okay. In my, in my book, I, I start with a, a model that I developed from several uh, well-known theorists, uh, and I call it the interpersonal triangle. And it basically says there's three ways that we basically move as human beings. Uh, we either move against people, we move toward people, or we move away from people. Um, and there's several other theorists, I'm not going to bother you with that right now, uh, that all kind of say the same thing. And um, what I realized at one point was that Dorothy's three companions basically represent each of the three ways. Uh, the moving against is the lion. The moving toward heart is, is the tin man. And to move away from something, you have to have 
a brain or you have to be able to step back and look at things objectively, and that's the, the scarecrow. And uh, the first time I ever mentioned this at a workshop I was doing, all the people wanted to talk about was The Wizard of Oz, so I went on and wrote a book that brings up uh, that and then four more other principles of how people change, just for background, for example. So Alan's uh, nice guy is the negative tin man. This is the person who wants to be liked, and they, they kind of negate themselves, and that's also what the... the um, the woman who ends up with the bad guy usually tends to be the nice, sweet person. It's very fascinating. There's a, there is a uh, world-renowned uh, forensic psychologist named uh, J. Reed Malloy, and his specialization is are sociopaths. <laughs> These are serial killer types people. And he noticed something that was just bizarre. He says, all the women who are interested in these guys who are on death row are all nice women. They're all sweet, nice women. He goes, yeah. and he goes, what's up with that? You would think you'd have, you know, real rough, tough women who want to be with uh, these bad boys. No, it's the nice women. And the re my theory is this, is that nice women don't have a strong lion. They don't have strong self-respect. They don't have good boundaries. They don't have an innate sense of their own importance, which is which is a lion characteristic. And that's what you were saying, Jay, that what you came to at some point was you, you, you found that inner lion in yourself that says, hey, wait a minute, uh, I, I, am, I, I am king of my own forest, if you may, queen of my own forest, yes. and you don't treat me like this. So what happens is when you have an underdeveloped thing, you're attracted to people who have the negative version of that somewhere else. So if you have a really weak lion, you're going to be attracted to uh, people who have a bad lion, the bad boys. Because in your mind, you have this idea that they're going to protect you or you can live through it. I think, uh, Jay, you even talked about that, how you live through the other person. And so, uh, and it, it took you to get in touch with your lion, just like Dorothy uh, in The Wizard of Oz had eventually developed her courageous lion uh, and, and that's when we can uh, get free from that gravitational pull towards these, these bad boys. Okay, so now Ms. J was able to get there. I don't know if she had counseling or not with this. It doesn't, I don't know, that doesn't sound like that's necessarily part of the story. But give us some hints about for women who are doing this. And I, I really honestly feel that even though women are doing this, they don't really want to. They want to be treated well. They don't want to be treated bad. Right. How do they get out of it? Because, you know, they're saying that, okay, well, but I, I love him. I love that. I just can't help it. Right. I just can't help it. I'm meant to be like that. And then you get the women who are with the Christian needs and I'm just bearing my cross type stuff. Like Ms. Yes, Jesus. well, yeah. ouch, what a cross that one is, huh? Okay, so where, how do you counsel people out of this, this self-destroying behavior? Let me give you a, an example of a woman I worked with. Uh, who she she was a very kind of almost mousy kind of lady, very very unsure. She had the the shoulders that drooped, and uh, she was very very uh, very tin man, negative tin man, uh, very codependent, very needy. And of course, she attracts and then eventually marries this this man. Interesting, you mentioned Christianity because they were Christians and they did. So, like so many people that you're referring to, exploit uh, scripture. Uh, he was this big guy, and and he would get he would put her down all the time, call her names, and when they had sex, he was he would he would rough her up almost to the point of beating her up. So she's telling me this story, and she's telling me almost in a monotone. Uh, yeah, then he did this. Like she's reporting it as if she's reporting the weather. And I'm sitting there as a therapist getting all angry inside. And what I realized was I was carrying the lion for her. She, because of her childhood, was never allowed to be angry. Uh, and, and so I was carrying it for her. And my job as a therapist was to eventually give her that back and help her build her own internal lion where it starts with not liking it. 
And then eventually she began to set more and more boundaries with him and tell him, no, this is not acceptable. So I kind of coached her through that whole process because being more lion, setting boundaries, saying no was a foreign thing for her. Uh, and she had to basically relearn it. And we'll be right back. Back to wellness for the real world. Uh, the, the therapy is, is a great way to do that, and it's a faster way to do it. But we can do it other ways by reading books, listening to shows like this, uh, talking to uh, our friends who aren't crazy, as long as they're giving us good advice. But, the, but no matter what, the process is that these women have to find their own self-respect and their own compass. It's real interesting that uh, you've heard this before probably, women in a relationship want love and men want respect. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And what has to happen is eventually the women have to want respect and the men have to want love. Mm -hmm. uh, as part of maturing and growing, we, th that we, the real key here is balance and maturity. Uh, and that's why it's interesting when you were describing your fiancé He's a good-hearted man. I couldn't, help, I couldn't help smile when I heard that. Good-hearted, right? Tin man. He's, he can care and love. That's healthy tin man. But he's also a third-degree black belt. And uh, my son, who's, uh, getting, who's 14 years old, is getting his black belt. And I get to see the confidence it gives him. It gives him a sense of his own body and his own centeredness. And here, here's a man who also can be courageous when he has to. It's all about balance. Yeah, he's the type of guy that, although he's, he's I would call him slight and thin, he comes in and people say, oh, he's comfortable in his skin. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. So, yeah. and, and the more insecure we are, for whatever reason, uh, the more we tend to be uh, out of balance. So when we get out of balance, one of them's too negative and the other one's too underdeveloped. Yeah. So uh, let me just tell people who are listening, going on in the chat room, one of our listeners, the Wolf Howls is saying, maybe it's just nice women like bad boys because they want to feel the thrill and not to be bored. And then, okay, Alan Roger Curry moves mm -hmm. one over there. Let me bring you back in. You say, there you go, Wolf, I agree. Now you can make a comment about all this. <laughs> because, well, here's my thoughts is that, again, it goes with people's, a lot of these terms we use, are, again, are very subjective, and they're going to vary from person to person. And there's different variations of a bad boy. Like you might describe a bad boy as someone who, say, physically and verbally abuses women and just, as you say, just treats them like crap. I've met guys who are bad boys in that vein. And that's why when you ask me, am I a bad boy? See, I've never been a bad boy in that vein. But... Where I'm a bad boy is that I can go to any social party and women tease me because five minutes into the conversation, I got a woman talking about blowjobs and doggy style. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be talking about the Disney Channel. You know, I'm the guy that women will slap on the head and say, you sound bad, you nasty. And that's what we're, we're more so talking about, that type of bad boy, the guy who goes against kind of conventional conversation conventional means of presenting himself. Because I'll give you an example. I know a woman, a friend of mine, she she went to college with me, actually. Case of two guys. She had one guy who she met. Guy, I saw a picture of him. He looked like a clean-cut, wholesome guy. She was telling me all the nice things he's done. She has not been tempted to sleep with him once. But she strings him along. Half the time she... She's slow to return his phone calls. Let's call him Brian. She got nice guy Brian pursuing her, and she blows him off at the time. Then she got this guy, I'll call him Tyrone, who she knows is an incorrigible womanizer. And he, he's, he's let her know, which is mode one. He let her know. He ain't looking for nothing serious. And she's already slept with him like ten times, knowing that, He's not going to give her what she wants, which is a long-term monogamous relationship. Now, again, he's not a bad boy in terms of he doesn't slop around, he doesn't call a bitch or anything like that, but he's a bad boy in the sense that he's unavailable. He lets her know that, hey, I'm already boning about three or four other women. You're just another one in my stable. And she accepted that program. He didn't force it to. She accepted it. 
So that in no in cases like this, I almost defend the bad boy because he was honest. He's letting her know, hey, I'm not gonna give you what you want. Why don't you just leave me alone? But she don't want to leave him alone because she told, she confessed to me. She said, Alan, he's so exciting. He's exciting to be around. And that's what Wolf was alluding to in the, in the chat room. He, he's not boring. She looks at the nice guy as the boring guy. You know, he's educated, good job, financially stable, but his only crime is that, in her mind, he's boring and predictable. <laughs> okay, now... We're going to bring in someone else with another opinion about this um, that has six books. Russell, can you bring in our, our last guest so we can continue this conversation? This is, this is interesting. We've got an interesting list of people on our line tonight. <laughs> yes, with us now we have Elliot Katz calling us from Toronto. He's written, as you say, six books, including Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants. He's on the web at www.awardpress.com. Elliot, welcome back to Wellness for the Real World. Good to be here, Russell. Okay, Elliot, you wrote Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants. Talk about this bad boy lust thing. Well, I think the conversation has been very interesting um, but I think you missed an important, a very important point, that, is that the male population is not divided between nice guys and bad boys. You know, it's, it is true. Women are very frustrated with nice guys who can't make any decisions, who, who want the women to tell them what to do when they think, you know, I'm making her so happy, I'll just do whatever she wants, and they're bored with them and frustrated and fed up with them. And there's a lot of men like that and a lot of women fed up with them. And then the other man you're talking about is the bad boy who disrespects women, who's exciting, who who is unavailable, but I think in the middle, and this is what my book is about, I, I don't know if it's in the middle, it's the strong man, the man who's manly, the, the man who who is, uh, has high moral standards, but is strong, has strength in his convictions. I mean, a, a man a woman respects because, you know, he, he he's not here just to serve her, just to please her, just to do whatever she wants. He's a man, he takes charge, he shows leadership, but it doesn't mean he, he treats women badly. He's still respectful to women, but... He demands respect himself. He's not here to say, oh, just tell me what you want. I'll do whatever you want just so, you know, just so you'll have me. Uh, I think, you know, there's that man in the middle, and I think traditionally fathers used to teach their sons to be that kind of man, but that's been lost, and so we're left with the situation of this nice guy who thinks, I'm so nice, I talk about my feelings, I I cry when things upset me, (laughs) and they think it's, you know, showing women that they're sensitive. And I can't understand women are fed up with them, and I don't want to be romantically involved with them. These are the guys who, you know, women think, oh, I consider you a friend. I don't, I don't see us getting romantically involved. We, of course not, because he's not a man. But and then the bad boy, well, that's a whole other issue. It's like why women go for that is is because he's strong. At least he takes charge. At least he he knows what he wants. He doesn't let the woman run his life for him, and so she respects that and she finds that attractive. He, you know, he's strong and. He, she feels he can protect her, but I think what really what women want, healthy women want, is a strong man who can show leadership, who feels he's going to, you know, she could, who, she feels he can protect her, but he's not going to dominate her, he's not going to be a tyrant, but he's not a pushover. In fact, that's what women have said to me. They don't want a tyrant, but they don't want a pushover either. They want a man who's strong, who takes charge. When he calls, calls her up on a date, he doesn't say, well, doesn't ask her to where she wants to go. He has a man with a plan. He's a leader. Got it. Now, we have a caller. I want to hear the comment of the caller. So, Russell, can you bring on our caller? We do. We have Stanley on the line. Stanley, how are you? Very good, very good. Great show, great show. Uh, I got to say, I I agree 300% with everything that Alan Roger Curry is saying. He is one of the guys that I respect the most. Uh, Thank you. The whole thing with the bad boy, like I kept on saying, I re- I think Alan Roger Curry must have talked about it. It's all about social programming, like you keep on saying. 
it's a bad boy is a person that's saying my life is the most important thing in this world and is saying to any woman, if you're going to be part of my life, you're going to have to follow what I do. If you don't want to be part of it, here's the door and you can do whatever. And women has been programmed to think that, oh no, I'm a princess, I'm supposed to be special, you're supposed to do everything for me. And a bad boy is saying, no, I won't do everything for you. I won't be, you'll be part of my life. You'll be part of something in my life, either sleeping and things like that, but I won't dedicate my life on you. And that's why a lot of the nice guys forget. They dedicate, they put all... Basically, they, they're the, the nice guy is the type of guy who pay the dinner, who do those things, and the woman knows after five minutes, oh, I already have him. Women want to feel challenged. Women want to feel... Uh, that they don't have the guy. And as soon as they feel they have the guy, a lot of women say, I'm not interested at him. That's the difference with the Bible. Bibles will always be mysterious. A Bible will always bring like, you know what? I'm not showing you all my cards. You know what? I'm go- if I'm going to go to the dinner date before, and I tell that to all the women, I'm not going to pay you any dinner. Why should I pay you any dinner and everything? For your company? You should appreciate for my company for what I am right now. If you don't appreciate then you could go. You, I'm not paying all those special favors until I feel that you are worthy of those things. And, and and if I'm dating you and getting to know you, I won't do that. I won't. And a lot of guys forget about it. A lot of guys forget that we as men have as much power as women do. And that's, makes, that's what makes a difference with the Bible. A nice guy thinks that all the powers was only to women. A Bible thinks, wait, I'm a man. I have as much power as a woman. I don't have to do all those things. There's plenty of women, and, and bad boys know that there's more women than men. That gives them a lot more choice, especially a strong man. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that there's a lot of women who put up with a lot of crap for whatever reason that is. And, uh, you know, tends to be sort of the nice churchy girl who, um, I'm, I'm using churchy, you don't necessarily have to be a churchy girl, but a nice churchy girl who has been kind of protected and the family has kind of kept her out of the mix of dealing with people, and then you know, all of a sudden that those hormones hit, and I gotta have that guy because he has the most, most testosterone going on. This is what their body's saying. They're not necessarily saying it that way in their mind. Um, and so I'm I'm attracted to that high testosterone guy, and that tends to be these guys who act like this. But on the other hand, I'm looking and saying, okay, well, you know, I like people who are exciting and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, men who treat me well are just so incredibly attractive to me. I'm just wondering, okay, what is it about me and, you know, a lot of women that I know that um, that attracts the nice guys, not necessarily boring, but nice guys that treat me very well. And I said, like in the chat room, I think I'm the, the the female version of Mood One out there because I feel like sometime I go out, I had this guy following me around at a party because he listened to my show, looked at my website, thought I had some controversial things to say, and I said, oh, he's bored. He, he's bored with his life, and he thinks I'm exciting, so this is why he's following me around. So I think there are men out there who, and this, this is the kind of guy who had kind of an aggressive personality, but I think he had the idea that he was going to subdue and change me. So it was almost like I was the bad girl or I am the bad girl, that his mission is to try to change my view of the world and submit to his view of the world. So I don't know. Commentary from any of our guests about that? Well, Dr. V, I got two things to say real quick. One, it's definitely, even though this conversation is centering more on women's addiction to the bad boy, but I want to make it clear in general, this phenomenon goes with both genders. Because I know guys who have allowed themselves to be literally treated like crap by women just because that woman was drop-dead gorgeous or because she was sexy or whatever. Guy, I've had friends where I've had to, figuratively speaking, slap them upside the head like, what are you doing? Why are you allowing this woman to treat you like crap like this? Oh, man, she's so fun, man. I mean, she just got it going on. So it's not just women who fall into that, but, again, I kind of have to partially defend some of the bad boys. Did, Did anybody on here see the movie Bridesmaids? No, I haven't. 
it's a, number one, it's a really good comedy. I don't want to spoil it by telling too much of the plot line, but John Ham, I think that's his name, from Mad Men, is that his name, Ham? He plays kind of the bad boy in the movie. But the thing about it, and I got into a lot of lighthearted debates with some female friends, he was very more one. He let, uh, what's her name, Wig, Wig, I think her name is, from Saturday Night Live. He let her know straight up he wasn't looking for nothing long-term or monogamous. He basically was just looking for casual sex. And one night she wants to spend the night over his his place, and he's like, no, I'd rather you go home. <laughs> All the women were like, oh, he's such an asshole, he's such a jerk. I was like, why is he an asshole, why is he a jerk? He told her up front he just wants casual sex. That's her fault that she's looking for more than he's willing to give her. And so I, I didn't look at him as, as the jerk that a lot of women who saw that movie looked at it as. And, of course, at the end of the movie, well, I don't want to say anymore because most of y'all haven't seen it. It's a good comedy, though. It'll have you laughing. The Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids, yes. Very good. Funny as hell. Well, I made the comment on your show that I think there are a lot of women who go out, submit themselves, and, and fall into the trap of, I have lust and I'm going to sleep with this guy. But then after they do it, and even though the guy's better, bad for them, they feel ashamed about it. So therefore, they try to make that person into a relationship because there's shame and guilt involved. So I can't just say I slept with this guy because I had an urge to do it. I have to make this into a real relationship. What do you yep. think about that? Oh, I agree with that. I agree with that a lot. In the same way, I always say there are a lot of men, the more shady men, who will pretend like they want a long-term monogamous relationship just to get casual sex. There's a lot of women who will pretend like they're content with casual sex to sneak their way into a relationship. And I've had women just flat out admit that to me. Like I had a couple of women I know, they said, Alan, I will purposely sometimes allow myself to get drunk so that if I have a one-night stand or weekend fling, I have plausible deniability. <laughs> I think a lot I'm of like, really? Do. They're like, yeah. They, a lot of women don't want to just straight up admit that they met a guy, he gets them wet, and they want to exchange orgasms. <laughs> they, don't want to, they don't want to take that responsibility. <laughs> and this is the good girls, of course, because there's something bad about having sex because you feel like having it in your body was programmed to do that. So I think that's another problem. Um, but we're getting towards the end of the show, and I want to get one more, you know, maybe a little wrap-up professional commentary on um, this bad boy phenomena from the psychologist on the line. So is Doctor is Dr. Sam still there? Roughly I sure am. Ah, yay. Okay. I'm not going to leave when Alan's talking dirty like that. <laughs> I think part of the issue here is that when we, we, we divide the sheep and the goats, the bad boys from the nice guys, what we're missing is, I think, what Elliot was talking about, that the strong man is not an asshole. A strong man is strong, but because of that, he's capable of also being kind. Uh, it, it's like I said earlier, I think it's about balancing to have a good, strong lion and a good, strong tin man is the, is the ideal strong man. Uh, and so we, it's kind of, we kind of get off, I think we get off when we think of only either you're going to be a bad boy and mistreat people or you're a nice guy and you'll get mistreated. I'm saying there's somewhere in between that's way better, that is the best of both of those. I agree with that. So, basically, what men need to know out there is you need to be strong and have a backbone. What women need to know out there, Sam, what do women need to know? That they have to be strong and have a backbone. Everybody needs to be strong <laughs> and have a backbone. So, to have a good relationship, both people need to be strong and have a backbone. None of this learned helplessness. See, I think there's a lot of things in our culture and society that are teaching women this learned helplessness and this yep. has to be a good girl thing that make them fall into these dysfunctional situations. So I want to thank all my guests, Sam Alabrando, Dr. Sam Alabrando, psychologist, and I think his website, APC3.com, APC3.com. Yes, or you can go to a yellow brick road dash book. The yellow yes, brick road dash book. Elliot Katz. Awardpress.com and Ms. 
J, Ms. J, who was our woman who reformed herself from bad boy, Ms. M-S-J, J-A-Y West, W-E-S-T, Ms. J West.com. Go read about Be That Bitch, being in total control of herself, okay? And we have the wonderful Mode One, Alan Roger Curry. Go join his show. It is exciting. Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. Next week, we're going to talk about financial agreements and how to script that for first relationships, second relationships. Visit me. Follow me on Twitter. I'm always on there. Dr. Veronica, IMD. Facebook, Dr. Veronica Anderson, IMD. I love you guys. It's wonderful being with you. Thank you to all my guests, and thank you to my co-host, as usual, Russell. Shout out to Russell. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.